you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Around the League Podcast didn't have a handshake deal with Emmanuel Sanders. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League Podcast. My name is Dan Hensis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes. Chris Wessling, Mark Sessler, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. How are you, buddy? Hump day. I'm having a flashback to 30 seconds ago when we did this intro, and then your <laughs> phone went off. I, yeah, I got a mysterious call from Pikesville, <laughs> Kentucky. Uh, we'll, we'll never know what they wanted. <laughs> that has to do probably with your taxes. <clears throat> potentially. Yeah, it's potentially possible. Uh, how are you, gentlemen, today? Well. Well, that's good. <laughs> Wes wearing a shirt that's so bright, it's reflecting on his face in the studio. Is that right? Orange, bright orange, Under Armour. I believe it was given to you at the combine. It's part of the swag bag at the combine. Yeah, I would not. I would not buy a bright orange shirt. Yeah, but if I didn't feel like ironing, this seemed like the shirt to wear. Today. I think the, the issue was they couldn't sell it. Yeah, and so they started to distribute it to free for free to <laughs> nobody buying NFL this employees. shirt unless they're going hunting with Dick Cheney. <laughs> <laughs> As you might have seen on Twitter uh, on Tuesday. Three of us went to the draft day screening just for members of the NFL media team. Draft day is a Kevin Costner vehicle about Mark's Cleveland Browns. And uh, I guess we can get into that when the movie comes out. But it was an interesting experience. It was we can say this and we're going to talk about some movies later. That movie wasn't too bad. Yeah, I think we all came out giving it a positive grade and we were concerned it could be. Much less, and it was quite solid, and it had some good moments. I, I did, I did like when the uh, Hollywood PR suit approached us in the lobby after the movie, and was like, "So, guys, give me the hot take. Is it okay?" <laughs> that, <that's laughs> it. Did. that happened. We, that was also my first time in a theater in ten years. Oh my god! And <laughs> honestly, it was the first time I've been in a movie theater since I had since I owned a cell phone. Wes wow. has lived in a prison for the past decade <laughs> in southern Vienna. I didn't realize that you're not allowed to, to have your cell phone out during a movie. Yeah. The the expectations were low for, for that movie, I feel like. I, I felt I tried to go, but I couldn't find parking at the parking lot. I got into the garage, there was no spots, and then once I decided <laughs> This is so phony. This is it's totally the old I can't find a parking spot move. No, but it's totally true. And there were there wasn't anything. They said keep looking around, but then I realized forget this, I'm already late. I'm just going to leave. And then a, a wave of relief washed over me. And I realized I don't really want to go see this movie. In which you At broadcast to us, I mean, to be honest, from about 7.30 a.m. Right, on. But was, I really never go. excited. I'm not making that up. And we, Give me a break. And I kept a seat open next to me. Wow. And when I got the text from you, a wave of relief washed over me as well. Because it's like, oh, wow, now I get this extra <laughs> space yeah, see, between people. So every, everybody wins. You heard the subjective reviews from Mark and Dan. Do you want a statistical review? Okay. I didn't count a single person who went to the bathroom during the movie. Mm. 
Analytics. Nobody got up during that movie. <laughs> that well, counts for something. Well, it, yeah. Keep an eye out on the Around the League uh, website. Mark and I will do some type of review in the coming weeks. Um, and like I said, we will talk a little bit. Uh, what's that? What's it's, that's it's a tease. Like, it's, it's on the website at some point in the future. <laughs> that's like, all we got go, right now. Bookmark that. That's, that's, that's all I got as, for you right now. Um, so we're going to get into some sports movies a little, little later in the show. Uh, we're also going to talk about... Uh, Potentially a free agent that's either been signed or hasn't been signed yet that could end up getting big money next year. But before that, the gold standard behind the glass. How are you, buddy? Doing great, thanks. Were you at the draft day screening? I wasn't, no. Shocking. Played hooky. You would have been at the Pele screening. Too busy watching soccer. You are watching soccer as you're taping this, by the way. No, it's it's off now. It's off now. Dedication (laughs) to the craft, Greg. Come on. Have you ever watched an actual NFL draft? I have. Have. Right in your face, first, Sessa. First, first day of the NFL. How's that I'm feel? just seeing where is the bar here. I don't actually know that day two, three, and beyond happened. It includes a lot of <laughs> high fives between Kevin Costner and Jennifer Gardner. I don't so know. <laughs> uh, Not accurate, Greg. No, Greg, you just don't know what happened in the movie. You have to wait till the day comes out when you're the first one in the theater. Um, all right, why don't we do some news, Gold Standard? Let's do it. All right, we start in... Philadelphia, where Deshaun Jackson is maybe on the trade block. Uh, at least NFL media insider Ian Rappaport reported that they the Eagles are listening to offers for the playmaking wide receiver. Greg, I know you wrote a post yesterday um, breaking down what teams might make some sense. Do we first of all? Why don't we start here? Do we buy into the fact that Deshaun Jackson is going to be on a different team next year potentially? I believe they're listening and interested in Tradium. I think the odds are against it happening, but you know, we did. I did some extra research, which in this case just means texting Ian, and he totally believes the Eagles would like to trade him. It's just a question of whether they can find someone. It seems to me everything went sour when he came out right after the season and wanted more money for a guy whom the Eagles kind of went out on a limb when they gave him an extension. Five years, fifty million up thereabouts, coming off a down year at the time. Mm, so he's true. one of the top seven highest wide receivers in the league as far as paychecks. And yeah. he came out after the season and asked for more money. I could see how that would rub them the wrong way. And we met, you know, Dan and I talked to a couple guys today, and Michael Kendricks was among them on the Eagles, and he uh, he talked initially about the culture that Chip Kelly's brought to that team. That there is literally zero room for a me first. Attitude. He also defend, defended Jackson as not that type of a guy. But we've heard whispers of that, and we've seen examples of that. And to come out and ask for more money when you've been handed a giant contract does not seem to jive with what the Eagles are about right now. Who did you speak with? Michael, Michael Kendricks. Kendricks. Name dropper. <laughs> I was, missed it at the first pass, so I had to bring it back around. It was around part of my job today. Yes. So. Hey. Greg, I throw it to you. You, I'm going to go down this list of teams real quick that you put <laughs> on your post that you know might make sense for Deshaun Jackson. Guesswork. Obviously, the, you know, with Greg involved, the Patriots is number one. Well, the um, Patriots and the 49ers <laughs> were the two teams that were mentioned as having inquired. Yes. However, Ian Rappaport downplayed both of them. Ian said that the Patriots basically call on everything under the sun, and the Niners are just—it's not a good fit. But you have those two teams. Uh, the New York Jets are here, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Oakland Raiders. Uh, Greg, which one of those teams to you makes the most sense? Raiders by far. They have the cap room. They have the need. They could just swallow up that contract. I could see them. I don't think they're desperate, but I could see them finding the value of Deshaun Jackson for a third-round pick or whatever it's going to cost. Plus, he's a Northern California guy. There's that connection. And an Al Davis I, guy, and not that Al is in the picture anymore. God rest his soul, but speed kills. He's a per- He makes sense, I, and I could picture him in a Raiders uniform. It kind of makes sense a little bit. Why are the Niners perceived as not a good fit? I feel like he would be an interesting addition to an offense that doesn't have a lot of speed at receiver. Well, they, they put it out there that they're not interested at Deshaun Jackson's current price. They also have cap issues. They have only four million over. They only have four million against the cap right now. They have four million left. To spend, and they still have to extend Kaepernick, too. Yeah. Well, and the Patriots have about five, and that's before the Brandon Browner Let's, contract hits. They, they could, they could cut, they're going to cut Wilford, they have which to is going to save, save a lot of money. And 
I threw this out there. This is wild fantasy football, but maybe if they if they could somehow convince the Eagles to take Danny Amendola, they need a slot receiver. Nice. How about I that? like that fit. Nice. I like that fit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on. Have a little Amendola with let's, the trade. Let's shift gears. <laughs> Do you have any sense for how Andy Reid enjoyed the Deshaun Jackson experience? Not really. How interesting! Well, they would had that some be? run-ins. There was there was at least one run-in towards the end of Reed's tenure there. That that's was not I, pretty. That's how I recall it too. That they weren't always on the best terms. Because I think he would be a good fit in Kansas City. They just lost out on Sanders. They need a speedy wide receiver. And think about that offense that was gelling down the stretch, averaging like forty points a game. Then you throw Deshaun Jackson in there. That could be an elite level offense if that happened. It really it's perfect timing for us. Because Deshaun Jackson throwing him in the mix? Get excited, society. Well, the news is quieting down a little after free agency. Mark and I are going to Orlando on Sunday for the league meeting. This is going to be... Location droppers. (laughs) It's going to be the first topic. And if you remember, three years ago, in I don't know if it was Orlando, but at the league meeting, Andrew Reed's... Andy Reed uh, sidled up... I like Andrew Reed. Yeah, Andrew Reed. Andrew Reed. (laughs) You know... Brought his Football big coach. big plate of breakfast, French toast, bacon. I'm not even joking. He really did have his oh, breakfast. We, we believe you. Starts talking to the media, and that's where he drops the bomb. Okay, we're ready to trade Donovan McNabb or any of our quarterbacks. So maybe they'll, they'll do it again. I'm sure we'll get some news. One <laughs> team we didn't mention. Is there any reason why you didn't include the Chargers? They don't have a ton of cap room, if I remember right, but that's a good one. No, there's no big reason. They need speed desperately. Wes, I like that. Wes basically just called your work incomplete, Greg. You can't let him do that. <laughs> Admonish him, please. My totally fictional list that I just wanted to cap at five so that I could get in my car and drive unsuccessfully to see drafting. That really is it. <laughs> to see a milk toast Costner vehicle. Um, moving forward, uh, Carolina Panthers quarterback Cam Newton is having ankle surgery. This is this has not been a great offseason for the Panthers. Uh, this will shut down Newton for three months. That keeps him on pace to be back for the start of, I suppose, mini camp or training camp, right? Training camp. Training yeah. camp. Uh, however, it's a little bit of a tricky issue because eventually Dave Gettleman's going to sign or draft wide receivers, and now your quarterback can't work with these guys. Uh, it's funny how when December started, Football Outsiders playoff odds probably hit the Panthers at around 90-something percent. Their playoff odds right now for 2014, I would say, are under 30%. You think it's 0% practically. You have them in last place in the NFC South already. It's one of those things where nothing's going right. and It seems like it's taking on a momentum of its own right now. And part of free agency, I think, is being bold, and that's exactly what they haven't done. They've missed out on what was a pretty big group of wideouts. They have a bunch of linemen retiring, and it's almost as if there's like a gaggle of housewives uh, that are not (laughs) Panthers fans somewhere with like a big lineup of voodoo dolls sticking little (laughs) pins in parts, body parts, and everyone's disappearing in Carolina. I thought they were running the team. No, no, no. I mean, (laughs) it got dark. No, no, no. Just, I mean, suddenly Cam Newton had a nowhere (laughs) ankle surgery. I mean, he must have, it could have happened a month ago. It would have been a little neater. I made a list of uh, the players that have been hurt the most in free agency, and Newton was right on that list. He would have been at the top if I ranked it because he lost all his wide receivers and he lost his offensive linemen. That was, this was before he even had the monster ankle surgery. He was on that list. Isn't that, your top priority surrounding him with more weapons than he can even use versus stripping it down to the bare bones where Newton has his issues and he's going to have no one to throw to? Well, this seems like they didn't expect to, win the play, to get in the playoffs last year to win the division. It happened. Seems like now Gettleman's going to use that to make this a get-right year against the salary cap. Mm. Yeah. This is weird. Well, they're paying for, in fairness to Gettleman, the mistakes that Marty Herney made. Oh, yeah. D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart are killing them. And yes. they they chose to keep Greg uh, Hardy at that price over, I guess, signing these kind of wide receivers. You could question that, but that's the choice. They Someone made. remind me what Cam Newton's contract situation is. He needs an extension. He has one year left on his uh, rookie contract. He's up for the first time, uh, and he could he could get a new one. Cannot the Panthers cannot botch this Cam Newton opportunity that they they have in this era. I mean, if they don't do a good job, at least all right, maybe they have to pull back a little bit to get things right. 
But if they don't build a winner around him, why would he be inclined to stay with that organization in Charlotte where he could hmm. take his talents to a bigger market, maybe the Meadowlands, put on some green, play there 10 <laughs> yeah, years, yeah, you know, go to the Hall of Fame. Dream it does put some, that's a good point. It puts some pressure. Maybe uh, get him locked up this offseason. Don't wait around. Speaking of the Jets. Yes. Professional. Transition. Wow. Was well, let me get my paperwork in order. I like that, though. <laughs> Michael Vick, speaking of Jets and quarterbacks, hubba hubba. Michael Vick plans to visit the New York Jets, according to NFL media insider Ian R. Rappaport. Uh, this will be the first official free agent visit for the former Eagles quarterback. Um, nothing is imminent at this time, but it makes a lot of sense that they will get a deal done. The Jets make the most sense for Vic. Vic, I would assume, wants to sign with a team sooner rather, rather than later. Uh, is he going to be a Jet this time next week? Mark Sessler. I think they are going to make a heavy play for Vic. And uh, I guess in theory, I think that would improve their offense. But it's... Again, you want to talk about the next GM in the list who's not had a good offseason. It's John Idzik. Oh, come on. Well, listen, a, Buy into these a year ago, tweets. you go out and convince your organization that you're going to draft Geno Smith as your quarterback of the future. When you go and bring in Vic, and I see why they're doing it, but you are muddying the waters for a young passer who is going to have confidence issues. I, whatever. I feel that way. You, either, games. you go with him or you don't, but you're losing Smith's. You're going to lose Smith from the neck Wait, up. so to prove that you are a big bad GM, you won't bring in a capable backup just to prove that you were right in the draft the year before? He's not a backup. No, well, you bring in another quarterback, a, a guy Vic that could does start. not want to be a backup. If Smith's better than Vic, he'll win the job. And he, and if That's he's, good. If That'd he's be a good meant, thing for the Jets. I just think it's it's... The Jets have not had clear thinking at the quarterback position in a really long time, and Idzik is not providing that. That's just my opinion. Unless uh, he's realizing quickly that Geno might not be the answer and he's getting the best free agent quarterback on the market. In that market. case, that I wouldn't seems to be but clear, be clear about that because what does Smith think the deal is right now? And I, I hear you, you. It's like bring everyone in and like let them compete, but it's you have to, you have to manage – your career of your young quarterback, and I don't think they're doing a good job of that if they bring in Vic. But they don't think he's necessarily their future right now. They're not sold on it. That's under Geno's control. Show up to camp, be awesome, he'll win the job, and he'll keep it forever. It's totally up to him. So I don't see why bringing in Vic is a bad thing. It could help them win games. It's a great thing. Well, by the way, Vic will, you know, crack a rib in week two and be out for Uh-oh. seven weeks. No, no, no. This is, but that's the other side with Vic is he doesn't give you 16 games. Well, you and the predicting well, now majors. they have Geno Smith to back him up. <laughs> I mean, Idzik is starting to get some criticism about the handling of his process in, in terms of getting players. I would think he'll get he'll get killed if Vic gets out of the building without a deal, which might not be his fault. But the Dominic rogers Cromarty letting him get out the door. The only way I would start to truly worry about the Idzik era as a Jet fan, would be if they never got a cornerback, they don't bring in, they don't bring Antonio Cromartie back, they have that huge hole there, and then they use the top of their draft to address cornerback again. That, to me, would be a huge mistake where they didn't take advantage of money in free agency, and then they wasted a chance to build their offense. Then I would say this guy messed up. Until something calamitous like that happens, I'm not going to get too caught up in the fact that there are reports that he's moving at a glacier speed and all this stuff. It's like I'd much rather that happen than have some guy that's just like, I'll sign him and I'll cut him and I'll sign him. I like it. You know, he's, he's taking his time. He's is Johnny Isaac. Is it a good idea to save 25 to $27 million for the time in free agency when there's nobody worth paying for? I Listen, I think you can certainly – you can criticize him and there's logic to it, but maybe he wasn't that high on DRC. And, and let's be honest, that guy's been on three teams in six years – He's not the evolutionary Deion Sanders. Well, let's also be honest <laughs> about what John Idzik is. Yes. He was a salary cap guy, not a talent evaluator. Ooh. Fair. And he and there's clearly going to be a fissure, if there wasn't already, between the GM and the head coach, because I think Rex Ryan has got to be disappointed with the guys that have visited and left the building. There were some parallels in um, draft day between the Dennis Leary coach character <laughs> and Kevin Costner, the GM, how they were butting heads. I can almost imagine that type of dynamic not playing out in such a ham-fisted way in Florham Park, but where these guys are maybe not on great terms. And Yeah, the difference being that Dennis Leary had won a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> 
And speaking of the Bunsen burner, burner blowtorch, also Dennis Leary at one point lit something on fire and threw it on Kevin Costner's desk. Wow. Which, you know, it seems to be a pretty reckless thing to do in an office setting. Let's be fair. The dynamics are similar, though. Leary, more dynamic compared to the GM. Yes. Yep. That's all I'm saying. Nailed it. <laughs> Greg, don't pretend like you yeah, I saw know, the movie. That, that okay? was actually oh, I'm just saying li- that this actor. The, I don't need film. to see the movie oh, okay. to know that that's that's a, as a, more dynamic As a character Costner. study, that was maybe your third or fourth consecutive comment about the film that was a, a ninja <laughs> off, just a tad off. So close. <laughs> um, and, of course, the biggest Jets news, Willie Colon has reached a one-year contract. Again. The guard's back. Smell that? There's no that's question in this franchise. Good to have that offensive line back intact, except with a downgrade at right tackle. Mm, that cologne smells good. <laughs> I'm not going to get... Again, that's another... It's There's a, a thing. drop for you. That's good. Getting killed <laughs> for letting Austin Howard get out the door for a $15 million guaranteed contract. They'll be okay. They were offered him 12 or 13. They were right in there. Makes perfect they sense. Wanted 12 or 13 is perfect. <laughs> uh, moving forward, the Cowboys added Henry Melton to the middle of their defensive line, um, or as Mark Sessler likes to call him, Hashtag melt on. <laughs> uh, nice signing for the Cowboys who had targeted him uh, from the outset of free agency. He took a look around the landscape, came back to Dallas, and now some sense of uh, you know help on the way to a team that has lost a lot of good pieces. Perfect pickup after losing Jason Hatcher. Wouldn't you? Ra- I'd rather ha- take a chance on Henry Melton on a one-year deal with a team option for three more that's a lot more than having re-signed Hatcher. I, I think the Cowboys won out in that trade. I'll take the other side of it. He's 32. Melton was a pro bowler in 2012. I mean, it wasn't, wasn't long ago. I'd take a 32-year-old coming off one of the better defensive tackle seasons of the past five years versus a guy coming off ACL surgery. Hatcher quieted down <laughs> a lot down the stretch. And one side effect of melt on signing with the Cowboys is that probably takes them out of the Jared Allen derby. Allen had visited with the Cowboys and the free agent defensive end uh, is unlikely to sign there now. He's looking for $10 million a year, are the reports. And I've read in a bunch of places, oh, once teams call his bluff about his retirement that he'll never follow through with, you know, he'll have to accept a lesser deal. I, I don't know. I think he could just walk away. Wouldn't surprise me at all based on everything we're hearing. He's he's legitimately talked about this for years and years. Once I make $100 million, once I do this, I'll walk away if, if I don't get the money I want. I'm just praying somebody pays him so I don't get any nasty grams. <laughs> yeah, you uh, continue to that? be. From its agent. Oh, that's right. <laughs> you are involved what, in this fiasco. Wes's agent. Uh, excuse, Wes's <laughs> agent, not yet. Um, Jared Allen's agent deeply dislikes Chris Wessling. It's personal. Potentially. I think, I well, you cost him be. money. Uh, you know, sources <laughs> close to the situation that I'm making up completely right now have informed me your ranking of Jared Allen so low in the top 101 just scared away the other 32 teams. For some reason, didn't have that effect on Dante Whitner, but on Jared Allen, you killed him. Local hack blogger causes teams to underpay Jared Allen. <laughs> Disturbing. <laughs> and I only have so much patience for players saying, I'll walk away, I'll retire if you don't pay me. Ah, come on. What if he follows through with it? Then, you know, then good luck in retirement. Just do it. Don't tell me you're going to threaten retirement. I just don't like that. Rubs me the wrong way, personally. What can I say? You. Yeah. Well, I can't share an opinion in here. I asked Greg this when he first talked about retirement. Are you really playing hard to get if you're, in actuality, impossible to get? It's fair. <laughs> and finally, the competition committee held a conference call on Wednesday. Uh, Mark and Greg were listening very closely to it. I had it on at my desk. It sounded like the Charlie Brown teachers talking. Uh, but you guys followed it very closely. You know, the Charlie Brown teachers. Yeah, I did. yeah, yeah. Dan, this is wah, it was wah. about 45 minutes wah, or so. Wah, wah, wah. Dan asked me for the call-in number <laughs> at roughly minute 38. Wah, wah, what wah, are you wah, hoping wah, to wah, be a part wah. of at that point? You know, just I just want to be part of your world. That's all. It. What's I, wrong with that? I felt bad because it it hurt Dan's social conversations for at least forty five minutes. It was hard. It was blasting out. He couldn't talk with Damashek <laughs> and everyone else. It was tough. Um. Anyway, <laughs> guys are jerks. Uh. Oh. So tell us, guys, 
What did you take out of this conference call? Because I wasn't paying attention. A lot of goalpost-heavy conversation. <laughs> I mean, the one, I did a quick post on the fact that the Patriots have proposed a potential rule change for the extra point, wanting to move it from the two-yard line to the 25, with the option intact to still go for a two-point conversion, of course. I think it's a big long shot that that passes this year. The, the <laughs> Patriots and the Redskins who just made the rest of the league look lazy yeah. by proposing 12 combined rules of their own. That's actually more than the competition committee proposed. Their proposals have less likely of a, a chance to pass just because it, we don't really know the league-wide support. The league competition committee is suggesting that they take one week of the preseason this year and they have extra points go from the 20-yard line, so that would be about a, whatever 37-yard field goal, or extra point, and just see how it goes, and then evaluate that again after a year. What do you think, Wes? I don't think we need a preseason game to see how that will go. Yeah. 37-yard field goals probably have about a 90% conversion rate. That's how it will go. Right. You know what they should do? You know how, like, the Trent Richardson rule was the crown of the helmet, and what was the rule? Uh, the, who got injured in the NFC title game? They're calling it the uh, – Navarro Bowman. The Navarro rule Bowman is rule. One we can talk about. This should be the Adam Carolla rule. Well, the Adam Carolla rule is a whole another can of worms, and I am so excited about this. <laughs> raising the goalposts. Now, I don't think they went far enough. The, the Patriots have proposed to raise the goalposts five feet, and Adam Carolla, I'm a big fan so of. Five yards or five, five feet? Five feet. It was five feet. And. He proposed – he's been saying this for years. He's been saying it on the Rich Eisen podcast. He's been saying it on this podcast. Why are we asking 65-year-old men uh, with cataracts and vertigo to have to <laughs> stare straight up at a pole above vertigo. them and, and <laughs> judge with these guys? if a ball went over or to the side? It's impossible. Why can't we raise the goalposts in 2014? It seems obvious. It changes games every year. There's a couple. Well, and he also suggested, which I love, that lasers <laughs> come out of the goalposts. There's no one getting an incorrect call I mean, then. Why for, not? For how many years, <laughs> decades, have we been teased about the presence of lasers in society, whether it's a weapon <laughs> or something else. Lasers are like used. Half a century we've been teased. It's time for them to actually be they, used in practical society. Start with the uprights. Right. Well, can you make the uprights so tall that it will actually tumble over and can't support its weight? Well, that's the whole thing. Not if you lasers. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Anytime I bring this up on Twitter, people are always like, well, the engineering, it doesn't support that. Oh, you can't make up, it. Nerds. Like, you know that. Give me a break. Think of the things we can accomplish Area in 2014. Idea. We can't we can't figure out how to raise the goalposts. Of course you could. Are these the same people care. ranking centers and guards on a daily basis? <laughs> well, they should just go all in too. For you know, because lasers are usually dangerous. That's also make them powerful. The ball hits the laser. The ball explodes. Obviously, it went over the. We're prepared upright. for that. I think as a viewing audience, we've been we've seen things similar to that, and that would be embraced. If the I, ball hits the laser. Doesn't that mean it's no good? Well, that's the problem with the lasers. <laughs> Back to square one. And Damn why, it. why they would not uh, consider it is because you don't know like where it would deflect in off the laser. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, that's I your fault for kicking say, it so high. I guess you'd have to say that's out or that's in. You would have to decide one way or another. Gold if it standard went through the laser. <laughs> Gold Standard, you seem to be uh, interested in this topic. Do you have it? You're a smart guy. What is your theory on this? No, well, I th it's interesting because when the ball currently goes above the upright, it's technically a field goal, correct? Am I wrong about that? That Well, right. If it's right above, it's right I think above, they say it's in. That always confused me because I always thought if it, were, if it were to be extended, that would, you know, probably not go through. Correct. Well, plus it's total and complete guesswork. Right. How, how could anyone evaluate that? No, I'm on that? Team Laser. You're on Team Laser, yeah. yeah. I like Laser. We got to get behind this. We got to start the movement in earnest. Um, and that's it for news. Good job, fellas. Thanks, Dan. Uh, be before we get into our next topic, have you guys put any thought into, you know, Wes and Seth's moving company? I was a little hurt <laughs> not to be involved. I threw it out there on Twitter. Dan Hansis presents Wes and Seth's moving company. Yeah, I like I like that. Uh, that little gravitas. We, as we mentioned, the word and is just Dan flipped around. Don't like that, though. But you're fully included. Uh, we've done a little paperwork. We have some people looking at some metrics. You know what you need to do is some weightlifting. I don't know if you're the crew I'm looking for to 
Uh, by the around. way, very capably shifted like massive amounts of boxes from house A to house B without anything broken, right? And, Swiftly done. And just so you know, Greg, if if I were involved with the company, I would just be the uh, figurehead, and I'd be involved with some back-end um, financial <laughs> gain. I would not be involved with any of the moving process. You'd be the face of the cheesy local commercials. I don't think I'm taking weightlifting advice from a man who has admittedly never lifted a weight in his life. Hey. <laughs> you got to know your strengths. It's true. Know your strengths. Hey, speaking speaking of strengths, oh, that didn't work as a transition, but um, this is not a game, but this is a topic. And the name of this topic this year is Michael Bennett, dot, 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 ellipses. Or this year's Brent Grimes. Parentheticals or Brent Grimes. Mm. <laughs> I feel like this will take off. Do you want to explain to the people what that means? I will. I shall. Uh, Michael Bennett last year uh, was coming off a nice season under the radar season with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Did not uh, get a big free agency contract. Signed a one year, I believe, seven point five million dollar deal with the Seahawks. No, it was five one and five. One year. $5 million deal. Grimes had the same deal, I believe. Okay, fellas. Okay. One year, $5 million deal with the Seahawks, uh, and then turned it around and, and was a, a standout player for the, the Super Bowl champions and leveraged that into a big new contract. Brent Grimes did the same thing, also stuck with the team that he signed with the year before. I ask you gentlemen, and I'm going to go around the room, and I'll start with the mailman, Chris Wessling. When the smoke clears, and I guess we even have to pull it back further, and a signing is made this month or next or whenever, and then we look back after the 2014 season, who will be the guy that has positioned himself as the next Michael Bennett, parentheticals, or Brent Grimes? I just <laughs> talked myself into this one earlier in the podcast. Mm. All right. Deshaun Jackson usually. gets traded. What? Riley Cooper stays where he is. Jeremy Macklin goes to the Deshaun Jackson role. Mm. I like that. Bounces back. Hmm. Pro Bowl year. <laughs> Big money next year. Fancy. Like Wowza. that. Like that. That was nice. I liked everything. A lot of about moving that. parts there. I even had my hands going Greg style. Can I? Can I just play devil's advocate? Sure. You earlier in this podcast. Um, downplayed the possibility of someone having a big season coming off an ACL knee surgery, and now you're playing up a guy <laughs> coming back from an ACL knee surgery. That's a fair point. Uh, Macklin, tore his, <laughs> Macklin tore his ACL in July, so he oh, is there you go. almost a full year by now recovered okay. from that. So and, time element. And like one it. of the reasons the Eagles would be comfortable trading Deshaun because it's about that system. Deshaun Jackson has career highs when Chip Kelly shows up. Jeremy Macklin in that system will just rack up yards. Mark Sessler, your turn. That was really good, Chris. I Thanks, Mark. Nice. Um, I'm going to double down on a guy that I mentioned on our last football radio program episode. <laughs> okay. Walter Thurmond, one-year deal with the Giants. Mm-hmm. And I understand uh, that the one-year deal is the result of a past with injuries, a past with some off-the-field stuff, uh, suspension. Basically, the whole ball of wax of what you don't want to happen early in your career. But this is also an incredibly versatile and talented cornerback that uh, I think he can do more than just play the slot. I think if he needs to go outside, he won't even have to necessarily do that with the Giants. But this is a guy that I think is part of a rebuilt secondary who's stepping into a nice opportunity to, a year from now, be seen as one of the premier free agent cornerbacks hmm. to pick up. I like it. I like it too. And people forget, I mean, he's coming off a season where there's a reason teams aren't paying him big money. It's because he had off-field concerns. Four-game suspension. Right. And, you know, he they want to see if he can do it outside of Seattle. Cornerbacks haven't done too well under Perry Fuel in New York, though. That's a good point. A lot of problems there. But they, I do think they have a stronger secondary than they've had on paper than they've had in years. Remember when Perry Fuel was that guy that was always going to be the next coach hired? Yes, I do remember that. What happened to that? That stopped. That time stopped. It passed him by. Time passed. That era is over. Thurman can bring him back to that. I like it. Wow. <laughs> Single-handedly. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was the upsell. That would get him a big contract. Greg Rosenthal, your turn. Well, I don't know if this counts, but I'm – I. 
like it anyways. Henry Melton. Now, technically, the Cowboys have a team option after this one year, but ultimately his contract is a one-year deal. It's cheap because he's coming off an arrest, a torn ACL of his own. He's at a bargain rate, and if they want to pick up the rest of the contract, he gets big money, $8 million over three years. This is how you do free agency, I think. Let's give the Cowboys some credit. Maybe they were forced into it because they had no cap room, but you look at guys that could be Pro Bowl caliber players at a discount. I love it, and it was at a huge position of need. Major, major upset here. Brandon Spikes was eligible for this category. Well, I already Wowza. chose him for something else, didn't oh. I? We did so, We did a choice where I chose Spikes. So, all right, Wait. you don't want to go too far in. You had <laughs> you had Brandon Spikes as your under the radar signing. Right, I didn't want to double could have up. Doubled, you could have doubled, doubled up, though. It would have been fair. There were Mark some, did. I doubled up. There were a lot of good options. I don't even know who Dan picked. <laughs> I don't remember anymore. Oh, I do remember. Cortland Finnegan, cornerback. No, no, Dolphins. no. I'm saying of this category. Oh, I haven't gone yet. I know. That's why I don't know. But I, I was going to throw out some names. There, <laughs> there's a lot of good ones. There are. Well, mine is a little bit obvious, but I, I think someone should say it. Uh, Hakeem Nix with the Indianapolis Colts. Signs a one-year prove-a-deal. $3.5 million in a perfect situation, playing with one of the best quarterbacks in football, entering probably this would, couldn't make sense as the first year of Luck's absolute prime. This lines up. He's got playmakers around him. He, I would not be surprised if he stayed healthy and went over well over 1,000 yards with multiple touchdowns. Then he gets the big deal that he thought he was going to get two years ago. Not exciting, but logically it checks out. His situation is as positive as Eric Decker's is ill. Mm. Mm. Unless Michael Vick shows up. At this point, not that Slinging can't those change. lefty throws. <laughs> Accurate. Spot. Southpaw flicker, they call him. No one's ever called him that before. If Nick does that, he's going to make $5.5 5 instead of $3.5 million because of the incentives in his contract. Ooh. Mm. So he can, he can make that extra this year. Yes. A good choice. Hmm. Anybody else? Any, does anyone else have one they want to throw out there? Darren McFadden. Mm. Oh, are we still thinking that's going to happen? They've uh, got a rebuild offensive line. I don't know. He's averaged three point three yards a carry two years in a row. I'm I running out of steam healthy. when it comes to defending that guy. I, I was really wanted. This is a half-hearted attempt, uh, and it's very <laughs> half-hearted. I really wanted to see him in a different uniform. Mm. I thought he would have been the perfect addition for a different type of offense that would have ah the Raiders and him. Ugh. How about it's a little out of left field, but guy in Carolina, people giving him a lot of grief for their recent lack of signings. How about Derek Anderson? Cam Newton doesn't come back wow. from that ankle injury, and here comes Derek Anderson, all six ten of them. Keola Polares, Tavares King, repeat NFC South champions, <laughs> Derek Anderson. Someone put something Derek in Derek Anderson coffee. doesn't even know that he's on the Panthers right now. <laughs> How about Roman Harper wheeled out there like weekend at Bernie's? <laughs> See if he could cover any ground. I didn't like, by the way, Roman Harper, who's fully gray-haired, is saying that he was in awe when Luke Keekley, who's like 23, called him. Hey, come on, Roman. Dignity. Yeah, come on. <laughs> in awe. Yeah, that's what he said. You read that, right? I did Plus? not read that. Well, maybe it never happened. I think it did. Um, all right, before we go, it did happen, by the way. It did happen. This Anderson call is going to go down like my Chase Daniel making the leap <laughs> yeah. prediction yeah. last year. Yeah. Watch out. <laughs> uh, before we go, yeah, we talked about draft day, the movie off the top. Um, why don't we just throw it around the room? Hmm. Favorite, I would say football movies, but the weird thing about Hollywood is that they have not figured out how to consistently make decent football movies, at least in my opinion. But then again, I'm I'm not a great movie guy because I'm just going to run down like a quick list of movies that people think are great football movies and I haven't seen them. Let me know if you've seen them and they're on your list. All the Right Moves, Dallas North 40, The Longest Yard, Brian's Song. Those are... North Dallas 40. Oh, so exactly. See, what did I call it? <laughs> Dallas North 40. Dallas 40 yard line. <laughs> well, it backs, it, it backs up my theory that I've never seen the movie. 40 people in Dallas. <laughs> what a boring movie. Um, so Unless I, one of them's Debbie. Those, are a lot of, those movies were believed to be classics, but there really hasn't been much in the last 20 years. They That's, have yet to make the definitive football movie, mm, I think. Right. Unless you're a huge fan of Brian's song. Or Necessary Roughness with Scott Bakula. And oh. 
Kirsty, uh, what was it, Kathy Ireland? The yeah. Sports Illustrated that's, swimsuit. That movie's terrible. Stop. But, but it is terrible. Varsity. The, if you're gonna go cheesy, Varsity Blues is much better. That's kind of like a cult classic. If you were born between like '77 and 1983, you have like a deep love of that movie. I feel like. I think on my list, Jerry Maguire is my top football movie. Mm. It's not a bad pick. In terms of the best, not over, really a football not really movie. A football but, movie, but that would. I've never seen North Rod Dallas. Rod like in to. it. <laughs> he sure is. <laughs> we Are Marshall is a sneak. It's actually a very good movie. It's not. It's not going to get everyone excited, but it's a very good movie. McConaughey, your guy. McConaughey's in it, my boy. Also, Kate Mara, who another House of Cards reference. Stellar on House of Cards. Quite a talent. She is also in that film. The most overrated movie of all time is a football movie, too. Rudy. Give me a break. Oh, great Rudy. movie. Oh, I had a heart. That you movie got has no some heart, heart, Rosenthal. I have Mark's favorite football movie of all time is on my most overrated football movie of all time. <laughs> What's that? Any Given Sunday. Oh, interesting. I love Any Given Sunday, and I understand that more people than not that I run into cannot stand it, but I just think it's Pacino at the height of his utter madness. I love the, <laughs> I love the way it ends where Pacino... You think this guy's on the way out of town, and then his his whole thing's crumbled, and he spins the whole press conference around and announces that he's taking his young quarterback and starting a new expansion team. I love how it ends. I want a <laughs> sequel, but they'll, they'll never do it. I thought the high point of the ATL Debate Club was when we had Jim Brown in here and asked him about that movie because he plays the defensive coordinator, yes, I believe in it. Yes, he is. That was some time ago. He looks like he could still play in that film. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, yeah, that movie came out in, I believe, 99. I just remember from the when we talked to him about that movie, he, he had some interesting Oliver Sto- Stone stories. like, that Oliver Stone, he was an interesting cat. Like, like apparently he was a very <laughs> strange man to be on set with. Yeah, he... He did mention that, Dan. I don't. I don't remember. Maybe we can have uh, old gold standard next episode pull the uh, Jim, sound. Jim Brown retired from football so he could go into the movies. Dirty dozen. He did. Mm. That's true. He retired at the age of thirty-two, I believe. Twenty-nine, I think. Oh. Which explains why he's working for the Cleveland Browns at age eighty something. Any know. given Sunday had so much potential. So it feels it's like one of those movies that it reached for the sun, and since it didn't get there, it's right. like. I, yeah. It's disappointing. I also have a thing with sports movie, which helped draft day because they were able to use the NFL licensing. Any movie that has like professional football teams called the Sharks and you know like the that, Monster that Mashers was a rough part and things of that, of that nature. So there were some really wacky uniforms and teams. Like in the it. Tampa Typhoons. It's like, am it's I supposed point. to buy into yeah. this is happening in real society? Any Kills league with me. those names would be folded. Yeah, it's the Miami Sharks is the main team in that, right? And I believe there's a reference to the actual NFL existing while this football universe exists at the same time. Very tough to believe. And think about a guy like Gold Standard who's in his early to mid-20s, I presume. I don't know any of your personal details, but that sounds about right. (laughs) Um, In your lifetime, has there been any... In your time where you're cognizant of popular culture, has there been a movie that anybody's really latched onto? A football movie? No, I yeah. mean, uh, Any Given Sunday obviously had buzz behind it. I know that the one that was sort of interesting, not on the uh, movie track, but I know Playmakers for its one season was like with <laughs> right. with teenagers. The ESPN like, show. Like 13 to 14 year old kids. A shadowy it. league figure know, is approaching. Yeah. It's, uh, it's about to hurt me. It was not a good show, though. So, I mean, yeah. It was controversial, but it wasn't that good. I remember I watched every episode. I thought people of Gold Standards generation liked uh, was Remember the Titans? Yeah. Yeah. Talk yeah. about an overrated football film. The replacements, you know. What's Just your What's your favorite sports movie, Wes? All right. <laughs> I, I think all of my top five happened in a five-year period. Uh-oh. The greatest period for sports movies is unquestionably 1976 to 1980. In 1976... This is a, shaping up as a very Wes answer, by the 1976 way. 1976 <laughs> blows away every other year for sports movies. Rocky wins the Oscar... The Bad News Bears, which I believe to be the best baseball movie ever, comes out. Uh, a movie which Dan would refer to as 40 Men from Dallas playing football <laughs> comes out. Very boring. And Hi, I'm from Dallas. Another one of my favorite baseball movies, the Bingo Long Traveling All-Stars and Motor Kings. <laughs> wow. Uh, about, this... about Negro League baseball. Listen to this cast. James Earl Jones, Billy D. Williams, and Richard Pryor play the three leads in that mm. movie. Get into that. Solid. So that's 76 alone. Then Slap Shack comes out in 77. Rocky II comes out. 
breaking away in my top five uh, about bicycle racing in Indiana. Great movie. <laughs> then Caddyshack comes out in 80. Raging Bull comes out in 80. That's a five-year home run right there. Not bad. Mark, your favorite Greg's giving movie. me some kind of goofy look. No, no, that's great. I was thinking if Chariots of Fire was somehow in that mix. That comes out the next year. That eight, is. Eight, it comes out in 81. Running on a beach. Also yeah. about much more than just sports, but yes. <laughs> uh, favorite, you know, this one, now, again, I think, that, I think Wes had this on his most overrated list, too. And this really is because when I saw this as a much younger person than natural, I watched it with my dad. And mm. I just, for some reason, it's, it, where I had to go watch it clean today, maybe it's not the same film, but it... It pulled me into the into the story entirely, and I'll never forget sitting in the theater with my dad watching that thing. I like that. It's nice, nice memory. It's a good, it's a good picture you've painted. What I like to do is because I knew I knew I knew Wes was coming at that with his most overrated list. Yeah. So I pr- cased an argument where it's a father-son moment that <laughs> right. Wes really can't penetrate. <laughs> I wasn't even, That's really all that I was wasn't about. even going to say anything after you mentioned your father. They changed the book quite a bit there, so that that could be the. Well, that's your argument against it, right? Thank you, Greg. Just he just uh, yeah he he summed up my argument and basically sent your entire childhood <laughs> hey. asunder. They were not total sham youth. They were not true to Bernard Malamud. The bo- balloon has been punctured of your innocence, <laughs> Greg. Okay. I got three movies. Wes already mentioned two of them. Slapshot is not just one of the greatest sports movies ever. It's one of the greatest movies ever. Caddyshack, I would put right there with it. I'm not even joking. People downgrade comedies like they're not up there. Those are one and two on my list. (laughs) Those are the two of the greatest movies ever. It's impossible how funny and how joke-packed and how good the plot. Slapshot's incredible. It's good. Eminently rewatchable. It's also kind of uncle humor. It's like when your uncle's like, oh, you got to see Animal House. Classic Pluto. Like It's like, (laughs) all right, I get it. I mean, come on. I'm okay with that because point. that's how I feel about Blazing Saddles and that ill. Yeah. Like, I think that's Uncle Humor. But I think Animal House and, and uh, Caddyshack and Slapshot is legitimately funny humor. Well, like, Wes's uncle would be like 15 years older than Dan's <laughs> uncle, so that makes, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Slapshot, Caddyshack. I'm also going to throw in The Wrestler, which is, you know, oh, maybe very, it's not. That's a very Rosenthal one. Not like everyone's that. movie, but if you go to the, re- the Wrestler and you're sitting in the dark theater watching Ricky the Ram bleed and everything else for you for a couple hours and you don't walk out of that movie impacted maybe gets a little dusty at that scene and you know what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. that one came out in the last 10 years it's like 2007 i'd say that is that is a that's one of my favorite movies i actually watched that one i thought it was really good also on wes's list bring it on (laughs) i don't know what that is yes you do um (laughs) my list i would major league was the movie when i was growing up that I fell in love with, and it was like a hard R, and it was cursing, and it was, it was just like kind of like exactly the type of movie that a a nine year old boy that loves baseball was like, wow, this is what it's really like behind the scenes. I remember loving that movie. Um, Hoosiers, I liked a lot. Uh, Rudy, I liked, despite Greg's uh, misgivings about the picture. And Under the Radar, and Wes, I'm surprised you didn't bring this one up. Nineteen ninety three. Um, there was a little movie about rollerblading in downtown Cincinnati called Airborne. <laughs> that clima- the climax, uh, climactic scene took place at Devil's Backbone, a roller b- rollerblading race for glory and the girl. Devil's Backbone. Yes, sir. That was the name of a street in Cincinnati. I thought I always thought it was the coolest name ever for a street. Well, it's also it was a really windy road. Exactly. All well, kinds of hairpin turns. Watch on it? the movie. Mm. Mitchell Goosen, the main character, <laughs> wow. a surfer boy from California, comes to Cincinnati, lives with a young Seth Green. Also, a uh, early period Jack Black is the bully that come. You know what I'm talking about? Gold Standard. So good. It yes. Was, that was the height of rollerblading. Film. There's not any <laughs> chance that I would ever watch a rollerblading. We never have movies. There's like no that. way you're getting me to watch so a rollerblading good. movie. Quick, and quick story about this before we go. I worked at a PR firm in the mid 2000s that I hated the job and it was just about killing nine hours a day. And in the middle of the shift, me and my buddy were on IM and we grew up together watching Airborne. And we looked up the guy that played Mitchell Goosen, who was now selling real estate in Texas. We found him. So I said, hey, man, I'm going to call him up. And when he answers, (laughs) talk to him about Airborne. Uh, This was in the middle of a workday, by the way. Uh, Call up the real estate firm. Mitchell Goosen answers the phone. I hear his voice. It's unmistakable. I panic and hang up. 
Wait, mm. so you were Got mildly too close to the sun. Great start. <laughs> Poor ending to that story. I think we know our next segment. <laughs> Call Mitchell right. Goosen. I can't wait until your nephew watches Major League and then Cons descends to you and calls it Uncle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's fair. Um, all right, we got to get out of here, gentlemen. Good talking. No, no, gleaming the cube reference. Oh, don't know it. Stop. Crickets. They used to make rollerblading movie. That was a skateboarding movie. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about Slater. a movie about Rubik's, Rubik's Cube. <laughs> Dan confirms he's almost never been productive in any assignment he's ever had. <laughs> if you worked where I worked, you would have been the same way. Um, I know some of your stories about your past work experiences, too. Didn't Glowing. you sleep in an attic for entire shifts? <laughs> no, that was my coworker while I toiled to unpack furniture in a mall in Boulder, Colorado. Unpack furniture. You you have a history as a mover. There you go. <laughs> we we will never have this topic again, or maybe we will. Maybe in the summer, if you guys like this conversation, maybe we'll uh, expand it out. <laughs> well, when we we're can really do... hurting for comment and really break it down. That time will we come. We can do football books or sports books as well. Mm, that would be good. Like Goon that. is another good. Uh, You've told me that Goon movies. is Watch good, Goon. starring Stifler. It's great. Oh yeah, it's very you did. underrated. I want to see that. Yeah, a new hockey. All right. We will be back on Friday. Um, one thing, I think Win Wes's toaster is due to come back. Do we want to do it next week? Yeah. Well, Mark and I will be in Orlando for the first uh, couple days, shows of the week. That would mean you wouldn't have to be on hand for Win Wes's toaster. But we'll be back no, on Friday. No, he's in now. Greg is sneaky in on oh. Win Wes's toaster. <laughs> Maybe Friday. Yeah, next Friday we will bring back Win West's toaster. Not this Friday, next Friday. So the gold standard, this is your big shot at redemption. Can't wait. All right, Bart I like Scott. that little Bart Scott. Ooh, and he knew it was Bart Scott. Everybody's on fire. Um, so until Friday, uh, signing off, this is Dan Hansis for the mailman, the sizzler, the boss, and the gold standard behind the glass. Until then. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com you know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.